All right, Boker Tov. Uh, good Motzei uh, Shavuot. Um, we are on today's office, Yudalad. We pick up Yud Gimel Amudbet, about 12 lines down, Nechasim HaMiyuchadim. We're going through the Mishnah and discussing um, what are some of the parameters, broad parameters that Yechai for Nezek. And one of the things the Mishnah mentions is designated uh, property or assigned property. So we're going to have to see what this phrase means. Okay? So, Limu'udemai. So what does that exclude? By the two dots, about 12 lines down, Yud Gimel Amudbet. Amar Yudah, Limu'udemai Zelmer, so it's not clear whose ox did the damage. Two ox were, oxen were running after my ox, and uh, my ox got gored, and each Bugatti and Ruben and Shimon are both pointing the finger at one another. Okay? So the Gemara says, Hatani, come on. What? We don't need this mission to tell us that. That's a mission later. Two oxes were running after one ox. Zelma Shorchizik, Zelma Shorchizik. Ruben says, Shimon's ox did it. Shimon says, Ruben's ox did it. Shneim Peturin. They're both exempt. It's your classic Hamotimi Chavero Lavaraya. All right. Tani Vadimir Faresh. First, it gave a very, like, uh, you know, a, a, an abstract statement, and then it made it clear what it was talking about, especially because this whole mission is so cryptic to begin with. All right. <clears throat> That's one read of the Mishnah. The Masnisatana, the Bryce that we taught, probably Nichse Hefke, that it means owned property as opposed to ownerless property. Okay, Hechidami, what's the case? So what are we talking about? The damaging or the damaged or the damaged ox is ownerless. If one of our oxen gored a Hefker ox, so of course you're exempt. Who's going to uh, bring you to Bastin? Ella, I mean, if you could take take possession of the animal, obviously if you damage it, you can't be sued. Ella, the Nagach Torah the Hefker, the Torah Didan, an ownerless ox scored one of ours. So, Lazer Lacey. So what's the Kiddush there? Just go ahead and, you know, take possession of the ox. It's ownerless anyway. You want to get your money back? Go ahead and take possession of the ox. It's ownerless. So, Gemara says, no. Let's say there was an ownerless ox that gored my ox, and then Reuven took possession of it. Now, well, you would say, still, like, which owner are you going to hold liable? Nobody owned it when it gored mine. Ah, but what we have to remember is that the halacha is when an ox gores an ox, for the first three times you pay half, but what's the other halacha in addition to paying half? Where does the money come out of? Anybody remember? The body of the ox itself, okay? So therefore, it's a simple case. It's ownerless ox, gored mine. Maybe it's a reasonable thing to think. The halacha would be, even though there's no owner for me to sue for negligence, maybe I automatically become uh, owner of the ox. Uh, you know, if you get $100 of damage in my ox, I become an owner of $100 of this Hefker ox. You say, what do it make? I could just take full possession. No, I can't take full possession. Because before I found the ox, the Michael here took possession of it. So maybe I should say, okay, but I already owe a hundred, own $100 from the moment it did damage to me. And the Kiddush is, that's not true. Without an owner, I don't own any part of an ox that damaged mine. If that ox had no owner. Okay, now that could just be an arbitrary exemption. Or no, the more logical thing to be to say would that the whole Nazikin starts with the sense that there's a person who is liable, either liable for their negligence or liable because their property did damage, but it does not start by some metaphysical reality that if oxes damage my ox, I become, the ox is to blame and I own a part of the ox. So without an owner, nothing gets started. Okay, so that's the Chiddush. 
If an ownerless ox scores mine, I do not become an owner in a part owner in that ox. All right, that's a nice Kiddush. I mean, it's logical, but it's an important point to be made. Okay, Ravina Amar, that's, that's explanation number two, what Nechassim Yuchadim means. Ravina Amar, Limute Nagach Ve'achachitish, Nagach Ve'achachachitkir. Ah, even a bigger Kiddush. My ox gored, and after it gored, and I'm liable, I sanctify it. I give it to the base of Mikdush. Or, after it gored, I, I renounce ownership. Um, and therefore, I'm not going to have to pay. Now, that's a pretty bizarre idea that I can get out of paying. Let's take a look. Tanya Namihachi, we talked similarly. Yes, Arkanam Reb Yehuda. Reb said more than whatever he said before. Afilu Nagach Vachachitish Nagavachachivkir Patur. If you, if you, after Gord, you sanctify it or renounce ownership, you're exempt. Now, this specific Pasuk we're going to be it's dealing with is a case of kofar, of paying the, what do you call it, about paying the atonement payment if it kills a person. I think that's explicitly uh, that's going to be the Pasuk I think it's also explicitly the case of the um, yeah that's specifically the case of uh, over there later as well is the case about paying the Kofar payment so Rabbi Yehuda says if you're mafkir or maktishit you don't pay the Kofar payment Shenemar Vuad Bivalav you were warned against the owner. Anyway, says so the Russia is It's So it kills somebody, and then now where's the Hamad Bedin in the pasuk? So it's Hashor Yisakel. Where the Russia is really at the end of the pasuk. So the killing, the goring it did, and then the fact that it was judged to be liable, the death penalty is all in the same context. It's not that it became. It, tra- it transferred ownership in the middle. So the Gemara says, one minute, the Gemara din lo inan? What do you mean? Why did you say standing in judgment has to be in the same context? Presu- presumably, it's the it's the sealing of the judgment, the issuing of the judgment. Hashor Yisakel, big margin who deceive. The drush is on the end of the pasuk. Hashor Yisakel, that's when it's judged to be liable. El Ema Achete Misa, so it's the Hainisi Shoisha, Hashor Yisakel. So from the moment it kills till the moment it's judged to be a Shoiniskal, that has to be big margin Shavikachad in the same context. Now, there's a couple of questions here. What does that mean it has to be the same context? Let's say Mayak um, scores somebody and he dies, and then I transfer ownership to Michael. That's not shoving to Echad. It's not, right? Or transfer ownership to my wife. Even better. Okay, that's not owned by the same person. Is that enough? So it seems like no. Only if it's Hefker or Hektesh. Because Hefker and Hektesh is a type of an ownership that would be exempt had the ox gored when it was a Hektesh ox. Had the ox gored when it was a Hefker ox, it would have been exempt. So if I transfer it into an exempt status, before Hamad Abedin, I'm off the hook. Okay? Now, let's say that we shut him out. I transfer to the exempt status and then I reclaim it. I master it and I reclaim it. Do I also get off? Or is it only when it's in that exempt status at the moment of Hamad Abedin? Okay, so that's like an open question. Now, that's the case by Kofar. The funny thing is, the Gemara, one minute, the Gemara, without any basis in a Pasuk, without, without connecting the dots, did not tell me how I go from the Kofar idea to say I'm exempt to a case of a normal ox that gores another ox. And there's a big difference, right? Kofar is an atonement payment. Somebody died. It's not actual compensation. You might think that that really requires much more of a formal process imposed by the court. When my ox just damages uh, property, right, why should I? Why should there be this rule that I get off if I'm mafia before Hamad Abedin? Even more than that, think about the irony in 
minutes. My ox scores a thousand dollars worth of property. It's a hundred dollar ox. I have a great out. I just master the ox. Now I don't have to pay for the thousand dollars of damage that it did. So it's very, very strange. The Gemara doesn't explain how it learns to apply this kofar to other things, and there's a profound injustice. Now, it's possible, and some Achronim speculate, maybe the Gemara only means it by kerentam. A kerentam, right, a, uh, a, a, an, an, an unhabituated ox that gores, there's two reasons why this halacha would make sense by that. Number one is that that might be a knas, a night mama. That's going to be a debate later on. But when my ox scores the first three times, and I'm not expecting it, and I only pay half, that might be seen as something I shouldn't have expected. I really should get off the hook. It's only seen as like a fine, not real compensation. If that's true, you need the base team to impose the fine. It's not like the liability happens automatically. But like normally, if, 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 if my ox scores yours and it's done it three times, or tramples, eats your food, or your ox falls into my well, I'm automatically liable. Basting just clarifies you know, you know the, the reality. But automatically, I owe you money as soon as the event occurs. That's in a normal case of compensation. If I damaged you, that, ob- that, that debt obligation exists automatically. Basing just clarifies that that actually is what happened. Whereas if it's a fine, the debt doesn't happen automatically. Basing imposes the fine. So there you could understand that if the, kna- if the paying the half damages is a type of a knas, without Basing's involvement, I don't know anything. And since by the time Basing gets involved, the ox is by this stage, it's ownerless or Stage, based in cannot impose that fine because it's in a different status. So number one, if we're talking about half damages, it makes sense why this type, you know, technically why this exemption could work because you need based in to impose the fine and by the time basing gets involved the ox is in a different state. Not only does it make sense technically, it deals with the injustice problem. Why does it deal with the injustice problem? Because when my ox the first three times gores, what is the limit of my liability? Half of the damages, and what else is it limited by? The value of the ox. So I don't get, save myself any money by being mafkir the ox, right? When my ox gores, I never, for the first three times, I never have to pay more than the value of the ox. So I could be losing money. So so it deals with the injustice problem, all right? So it's very strange that the Gemara applies this idea that applies by kofair to normal types of payment. And A, it's unjust, unjust, and B, it doesn't make sense technically. And it works very well, although the Gemara isn't clear about this, if we limit it to the payment of a tom. Therefore, you understand why technically you need it to be in the same status, because you need the basin to impose the fine. And you don't owe the money until basin imposes the fine. And number two, it solves the injustice problem because anyway, my liability is limited to the value of my ox. Yes. So if it's really a knas, then first of all, you can't do it as chutzaris, right? Because any dining castle. Yeah, the gemara is going to get to that. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. All right. Now, so that's. But, okay. but also, wouldn't you think like sort of like almost let's say a bearer and yeah sessions, like you know, if I was mafkir ox. Like, you know, like, you I wouldn't want such a thing. Like, you don't mean Makdish, you mean Makdish. I am Makdish. Okay. Yeah. Like, uh, that's, that's really all right, point. Uh, fine, I hear the point. All right. Chutz Lamazik. Now, that's the case of Menchasim Yuchadim, which is this interesting halacha being, about being maskir, your ox after it did the damage. Now, the exemption, cases you're ex- ex- exempt for paying, is when it's in, when the damage occurs in the Mazik's uh, property. The Amarle, because your ox wanders into my property and my ox scores it. Or you left your fruit in my property and my ox eats it. So I say to you, 
What's your ox doing in my property? You know, buddy, you walked in here on your own accord. Nobody gave you permission. So you're, so I'm exempt from any damage that occurs here. You don't have a right to be here. I have a right to do whatever I want in my property. You know, I mean, it's a problem nowadays, of course, with, uh, what do you call it? You know, with people that uh, shoot people that walk on their property. You know, although I'm serious. It's like, you know, the sense protecting your homestead, right? So you can do whatever you want if somebody wanders into your property. But here, at least, we're not talking about, about, about willful damage. All right? We're talking about, you know, your property damages. And you have a right. You don't have to watch your own, op- your own animals in your own property. You can let them do whatever the heck you want. And if you walk in, you're taking that, that risk upon yourself. I have no liability for what happens to you or to your animals or to your food if you, or to your food if you walk into my property. Now, what you would want to say, although the Gemara is not explicit, but we've shown him say it explicitly, is this only means if you walk in without permission. Right? If I give you permission, what do you mean, what am I doing on your property? You let me, you invited me into your property. Okay? So that could be very different. And that could be a case where I do have rights, and we'll get to that in a minute. But it is interesting that the Gemara did not spell that out explicitly. And actually, you know, in I think civil law, in, uh, you know, secular law, if I give you permission to come onto my property, I have heightened liability, right? Because it's like, that's why people get like homeowners insurance, you know, for think- the accidents that occur on their property. So anyway, but if you don't have rights to be on it, it's not my problem, it's not my fault, and I'm completely exempt from any damages. Okay, so now the Gemara says like this, so that's an important idea that we will see come up elsewhere, but here the Gemara just says it in like one sentence. Yes? I don't want to go back to Does it want to remove the Nezek? Yes, we will get to that as well. Okay, now, here is a complicated line in the Mishnah. So the Mishnah says like this. The Mishnah says, right, just to uh, read the line in the Mishnah, the Mishnah says, i got to go back to the Mishnah. Okay. Um, it says, the things you're liable for, right? It says, um, you know, Chavti B'Tashlume Nizko. Chavti B'Tashlume Nizko. The Mishnah said, you, you know, if you're, things you're liable for, etc. And then it lists the things you're high for. She'ein Behem Ne'ilah. Okay, which is what we dealt with yesterday. Things that aren't hectic. Um, B'nai Brit, they're owned by Jews. Okay, Miuchadim, which is we dealt with the case about Hefker. Okay, and B'chol Makom Chutz. Okay, Chutz, Mirashut. Okay, one minute. So you're not liable if it happens in your domain. All right? Now, now here's the trouble so line. Let's say it's a shared domain between the damager and the damagee. And then it says, so the question is, where does this line go? Is you're exempt when it's in your domain and when it's in a shared domain. And now going back to the general principle, you're liable to pay in all these cases with this extension, and when it damages, you're liable to pay. So the question is, this last line, is this part of the exemption, right? This is the chutz line, okay? Is that the chutz? And the 
and then we go back to say, oh, by the way, the general proof point is you're liable to pay. So when it's in a shared domain, you're exempt. Or we say, no, you're exempt when it happens in your domain. But when it's in a shared domain, then you also, then you do have to pay. Alright? So, two very, uh, very ambiguous line in the Mishnah. Let's take a look at the Gemara. Um, Okay. So Shudan Izak Ramazik. Amar Afchiz Amar Vimi. Chotzer Shutafim. If it is a shared domain, Chayev Ba'al Shein Vagal You're Chayev on Shein and Regal. Now, in the Gemara, the question of a shared domain is only going to be a question of Shein and Regal, not of Karen. Why? Because Karen, you're Chayev in Rishus Harabim. Karen, you're Chayev everywhere. The only place you're exempt for Karen is if it's in my domain and you brought your cow without permission into my domain. So, if it's a shared domain, should I be Chayv and Karen? What do you think? You just said yeah. Yes! The only time I would be exempt is if it's only my domain and you have no right to be here. That's the only time I get off for Karen. So any, if it's a shared domain and you have a right to be here, of course I'm Chayv and Karen. So a shared domain, there's no question you're Chayv and Karen. The more interesting question is, what is the story of a case of Shane and Regal? Cause, what is the halach of Shane and Regal? Where are you Chayv from Shane and Regal? What does the Torah say? What's the puzzle? Where do we know? Well, let me start the other one. You're chayev by Shane Regal when it does it in the other person's property. Where are you exempt? What's the general law? Shane and Regal is exempt in? Rishud Rabin. Excellent. So here is the case of the problem of the excluded middle. When you describe the two extremes and you don't deal, deal with the middle case. Okay? One extreme is I'm chayev when it's in the other person's property. I'm exempt when it's in the public domain. Okay, there's a lot of stuff that's between the other person's property and the public domain. And let's say it is a shared domain. Okay, now, you could say, I am liable, I'm liable. The only time I get off is when it's a public domain and, like, there's tons of animals roaming around, everybody has to be aware, you leave your food down, you're doing it at your own risk, you know, I have a right to have my animals in the public domain, the law can't constrict me by making me pay, so there's special exemption in the public domain. Anything that's not the main thoroughfare in the public domain, I'm going to be liable. That's one way of looking at it, right? So then a shared domain of just me and one other person, I would be liable. I don't have that broad exemption of a public domain. The other way of saying is that no. Fundamentally, the only case you're high of is when it made incursion into a space you had no right to be. If this is a space that we both have a right to be, then it's not stay here and I'm exempt. Okay? So, right, you understand, right? How do you look at it? Do you say, right, Rashid Rabim is that, that's when you're exempt because why? Because, I mean, it's important to remind us logic of why you should be exempt by Rashid Rabim. There's a couple of reasons. Number one is you have to just give me freedom of, you know, of use of the, you know, freedom to use the public domain, the public thoroughfare. Okay? And also because of, you know, Piyahanizak. You know, because you're stupid enough to put your stuff down in a place where everybody's animals is going around or whatever, you know, you did it to yourself. So that's a special reason to be exempt in Rishut HaRabim. Okay? So other, anything that wouldn't be that, you'd be high of. At the other end of the spectrum, we have Steyacher. 
And there, there's a special reason to be chayav. Because my animal, you know, did an incursion into, you know, into, you know, uh, you know, uh, some, for some property that it was not, you know, that it didn't have a right to. And into doing that property when it doesn't Into someone else's property. So therefore, I'm specifically chayav because my animal had no right to be there. All right? But what about all this space in between? Okay? If it's chatzar hashutfim, okay, on the one hand, it has a right to be there. So if we say, if, if we say it's specifically because it in, the incursion into another property, it should be exempt. On the other hand, it's, it doesn't have all the special reasons to be exempt of Rishud HaRabim, right? So it depends on which way you look at it. Do you look at it fundamentally you shouldn't pay except if it's steacher. Only if there's a special reason to pay do you pay. And then here you'd be exempt. Or do you look at it as fundamentally you should be chayiv unless you have a very special reason to be exempt. Right? So you see how, which are we focusing on? Are we focusing on that you're exempt in Rishut HaRabim? Then you should be chayiv on anything that's not a Rishut HaRabim. Are we looking at it that you're chayiv in Steacher, when it's in the other person's domain? And then anything that is not uniquely the other person's domain, you should be exempt. Yes? So you, I, I get that it's like the case of the excluded middle. You keep on saying there's like a whole lot of stuff in between the extremes. What else is there besides the Chatzor Shutafim? Well, how about a third person's domain? Or how about a... Uh, how about, I don't know, how about the sides... The, the edges of Rashid Harabim, the Tzidei Rashid Harabim, where I sort of have a right to be, but it's not as much of a public thoroughfare, it's not as widely traveled. We can imagine a lot of other cases, and even if there's only one, the point is that you're still, ex- are you explaining only by Stei Acher, are you Chayev, or only by Rashid Harabim, your potter? Okay, yeah. Consideration of uh, when you're sharing a space that each person should be responsible for the other one, separate from this question of the uh, quality of the space itself. Right, but that's also something you could say about Rashid Harabim. It's also we're all sharing a space. It's just there's so many of us sharing the space, it might lead to special consideration. But you're right. I mean, you could get into the specific logic about what's the logic here, but I just want to it's also just, cons- you know, uh, sort of, you know, uh, appreciate that it's situated between those two. So that's going to be the debate. Okay, so let's take a look. If it's only the Mazik's domain, you're exempt. For sure, I need that Mazik, but if it's a shared domain, then then you're liable. Okay? As long as it's not a Rishus Rabin, you're liable. From Lezromer, Nope, you're exempt if it's a shared domain. You're exempt if it's in only your domain, and you're even exempt if it's in a shared domain. The only time you're going to be Chayav is when it does damage only in the other person's domain. Okay? So what is that last line, coming to say? So if this is part of the Chutz, Right? If this is saying in a shared domain you're chayav, that's making one statement. But if this is part of the chutz, why are you repeating that you're chayav to pay when your animal damages? Yes. Okay, so that's what we said way at the beginning of the parak that that's coming to include Karen. That you know the the Abus Nizikin was Shane and Regal, and this is coming to include Karen. This last extra thing that you have to pay when your animal damages. So the Gemara says, Hani Shmuel. That's good with Shmuel. That's what Shmuel said. That Shore meant Shane and Regal, and that last line includes Karen. El Rav Damartana Shur Vakomili Deshur, but according to Rav, that the Shur of the first Mishnah meant Shane Regal and Karen. So Chava Mazik Lasuyemai. What is this last line doing? If this is part of the Chutz, 
what do you, what is this last line telling us that I don't already know? So the Gemara says, So now we're going to digress for a minute to tell me what the last line is telling me, and then we're going to go back to this question about Chatzar Hashutfin. Okay? So to tell me the following thing. All these different pieces, people who are paid, watch, uh, free, uh, uh, a watch person for free or for paid, or somebody who rents or somebody who borrows, who all have these liabilities. When the animal that they were watching does damage in their, under, you know, in their domain. Okay, that if it's a, a first three times you pay half, the third time you pay full. If it broke out in the middle of the night, so in a way in which they were not negligent, uh, or it was an honest, you know, something they couldn't control, or leased him, or bandits broke the fence and it escaped, the Yats of Ezekiel went out and damaged, Potter, they're exempt. Okay, so basically it's saying it's coming to include the case of a Shomer. Now, what's the Chiddush, says the Gemara, to include the case of a Shomer? You might just say that's such a Chiddush in itself. I give you my ox to watch. Um, you, presumably the basic liability is to watch the ox from being damaged. And the Chiddush is, since you're supposed to watch the ox, you're liable if it goes and it does damage. Okay, that's basic Chiddush number one, that a Shomer is liable for the damage that the ox does. But the Gemara wants to push it further. Let's take a look. Amr Mar. Hey, what's the case? The Gemara is going to focus on the fact that the Brites said they did damage in their domain. Presumably, does not mean that the uh, that the ox the Shomer was watching went out and damaged some third party, but it damaged some of the property of the watcher himself. Okay, so what's the case? My ox that you're watching, that when you were watching it, damaged one of your oxes. So in that case, so I can say to you, listen, buddy, you, Azik Ba'alma, if that ox had to gore to third party's ox, you'd be the one paying. Because we take the general assumption that a shomer is liable for the damage done by the animal that he's watching. So now it gored your own ox. But you know, Shlume, I have to pay you? Okay, so what's the meaning? What's the case? And Gemara says the case is an ox the Shomer's watching did damage, or we'll see, maybe was damaged, in the Shomer's property. And therefore you still have to pay. So who's paying? So if the Shomer, if, if my ox that you were watching gored your own ox, why should I have to pay you? I wouldn't tell you, you'd be the one paying if it gored somebody else. Why should I pay you if it gored your own ox? So Ella, rather, maybe it's the reverse. You're watching my ox, and your ox scored my ox that you were supposed to be watching. So, and it tells me that you have to pay me. Okay? So, the de show. So, the Azke, wait a minute. The Torah de show. Well, I could say to you, listen, um, so if your ox had gored somebody else's, you would have to pay. How should the Azke Lutoridi Dach? One minute. How are you reading this? One minute. Oh, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So in that case, your ox scored my ox that you were watching, okay? You were watching my ox and your ox scored it. So the Gemara's question is, then why are you only paying half damages? Let's say the, my ox that you were watching got damaged by, another, by, by some other f- event. What would you have to pay me? You're the Shomer. You'd have to pay me full. Why? Not because of, uh, not because of Arba Avos and Zikin, because of a Shomer. You're watching my ox. 
and something happens to it, and it, and, and, and it gets damaged, right? How much are you liable to pay me? Full amount. You're a showmare. You're liable for damages. Even if the goring ox is a tom. Yeah, that the owner would pay maybe you ha- you back half, but you'd pay me full because you're watching my animal. You have full liability. Let's say the animal, right? Let's say, forget it. Let's, let's say the animal fell into a well. It doesn't matter. You're just liable for damages. You're watching my animal. So what does it mean if you're watching my animal and your ox gored it that you pay me half? You don't pay me half. You should be paying me full as a showman, not as a mazik. Okay? So, lay malay, why don't I say to you, um, if it had been damaged through some other event, you'd have to pay me full. Wait, did I skip a line? Okay, I'm sorry, skip backwards. Thank you. If it had been damaged from something, from some other ox, you'd have to pay me full. Pay me back the full ox, because you're a showman. Now that it was your ox that gored my ox, you're only paying me half. So what's the case? Either it's obvious or it's not true. Okay, so the Gemara says, or either way it's not true. Fine, you're watching my ox and it gored your ox. Now, in that case, so the Gemara is saying, if that's the case, then, um, then wait, you're watching my ox, and of course your ox, so why am I paying you, right? You take liability for damage that it does, why should I be paying you? So how come my asking what are we talking about? That you agreed, when you took my ox, which makes sense, you know, when you agree to watch my thing, it basically means you're going to protect it from being damaged. So you can imagine a case, even though we assume without stipulating, you're also taking on the responsibility to protect it from damaging. You could understand a case where you stipulate, I'm only going to protect it from damage. I am not taking any liability if it goes and does damage. Okay? And in that case, you're not liable for damage that it does. All right? And in that case, it goes ahead and it gores your own ox. I have to pay you. All right? It's a little funny. It was in your, you were, my ox was in your domain. But you, and you were watching it. But you stipulated, I'm not responsible for any damage it does. So I remain responsible for damage it does. Even if it winds up damaging your own ox. I remain responsible. Okay? But that needs to be a stipulation. To, to stipulate that you're not taking that responsibility. you would assume that he would have Exactly. So the Gemara says, Ihachi, if that's true, Ema Seifa, Nifitza it says that if it broke out at night, you're exempt because it's an honest. Habiyom Chayev. That suggests that if it broke out during the day, you, the Shomer, are Chayev. Halo Kibbalah Shmiras Nizkav. Why are you Chayev? You said you're, 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 you're exempt from any obligation if it does damage. Hachikama. All right, that's a different case. In Kibbalah Shmiras Nizkav. If you do agree to be liable for damage it does, chayev, then you are liable for damage it does. And if it's a belial, it's a part to at least him, but if it occurred as by an honest, yatsivizika pata, you'd be exempt. Okay, so that's a little bit of a digression to say what this last line is doing. This last line is coming to deal with a case of a shomer who watched, getting us into the idea that if a shomer is watching an ox, 
not only does he accept obligation for damage for damage that occurs to it, but implicitly he accepts obligation for damage that it does do unless he explicitly exempts himself. All right, fine. That's a little bit of a digression, a little distracting. Let's get back to our major point. Our major point was a debate of how to read this line and whether in a shared domain are you chayev or pata for shein v'regel. Whether fundamentally your pata only in Rishas Harabim, so a shared domain you'd be chayev, or you chayev only in Steacher and in shared domain you'd be pata. That's the debate. So let's get back to that. Um, Amy, is that really true that you could say that you are uh, whichever one who are going like anyway the Atani Rav Yosef Rav Yosef teaches a shared domain that pundak or you basically have like a type of an in, okay? So you're chayev. It's an explicit brayta that a shared domain. You're chayev. It's not a rishus harabim. That's a challenge, a contradiction to Rebbe Lezer, who said a shared domain. You're potter. So the Gemara says, "Amelcha Rebbe Lezer." Rebbe Lezer will say to you, "V'tispera." You think that makes sense? Masnisa mino pligi. Is there? Does a brayta not argue on this? You can't just challenge me from one text. I've got a tosef that says the opposite that says like me that a shared domain you're actually potter okay how, where do I have it Vatani we turn the price up Arba Klolos Hayy Rebbe Shimon Elezer Omer Ben four general rules meaning four types of domains Kol Shu Rishut Lenizak Mazik if it is only the damages rishos, okay, chayiv b'kol, you chayiv in everything, Karen and Shane and Regal, that's deacher, that you this incursion into somebody else's domain. The mazik v'lolinizak, it's only the damager's domain, pater, you're exempt, that's shorcha b'shusim abai, what right do you have to come into my domain? Okay, those are the two easy cases. Pater mikol, you're fully exempt. Now, lezeh u if it is a shared domain, like a uh, something owned jointly owned or a valley, Oh, you're exempt for Shane Regal. So there you have exactly the opposite of the previous Brita. One Brita says a shared domain, you're Chayev in Shane and Rego. This Brita says a shared domain, you're exempt in Shane Varego. And then it says, however, by Karen, when it comes to Karen, all these other acts which are forms of Karen, kicking and crouching and whatever, there you pay half or full based on Tom or Muad. Okay? But anyway, the key for us is a shared domain that says you're putter, as opposed to the previous Tobite Brights that said a shared domain you're Chayev. Now, the fourth domain, what's the fourth? Lo Lizev, Lo Lizev, neither of us have rights to it. So you, that sounds like it's a third party's domain, right? My axe goes in to Shimon's yard and Gore's Ruvain's axe. Okay? So we, neither of us have rights to be there. That's sort of what it sounds like. The Gemara is going to redefine it, but that's sort of what it sounds like. That it's a third party's domain. Because it would be a Sdeacher. It would still be a, a, a domain I have no rights to. So it went into Ruvain's domain and it ate Shimon's fruit. But nevertheless, my ox had no right there. It's still a Sdeacher. 
Okay, so anyway, so it sounds like we're going to get back to that last one, but that last one sounds like if it's a third party's domain, from my perspective, that's just as much as a stay here and I wind up paying for Shane and Regal. But however, we explained that last case, Ketani Mihas, we taught nevertheless the middle, the third case, that in the case of Chatzar Shutafin Vabika, if it's a partnered owned uh, uh, field or it's a valley, you're exempt in Shane Rego. So look, it seems like it's clearly a machlokas of Abraitas. This machlokas of Abraim seems like a debate of the Tanaim. Is a shared domain Chayv or Patra on Shane Varegel? Uh, yes. Why does a valley it's considered to be both of ours? Yeah. So it seems to be, I was holding that off a second because the Gemara is going to focus on it, but I'll answer you now. It seems to be the idea that a valley, it's not technically that I have rights to the valley. A valley might be like ownerless, but it's similar in the sense that everybody, anybody can use a valley, right? You have a right to be there, okay, if it's like an ownerless valley. And on the other hand, it's not like a Rishus Arabim. A Rishus Arabim, everybody has rights, but it is a high-traffic type of an area. An, uh, a valley, like we both have a right to, it's like a Chatzar Shosneim. We both have a right to be there, but we don't necessarily have to expect that there's going to be like a lot of other traffic there either. So I think that's what the Gemara is getting at with the valley, okay? But let's take a look, okay? So it says like this, Kasha Dadi, so this is a contradiction. So Kitanya he ah, so rather than saying that it's the debate of Tanayim, we're going to have a way to reconcile the Tanayim. Kitanya he, Bechotim Yuchedis Leze Leze, Bain Leperos Bain Lishvarim. Ahid Rev Yosef, Bechotim Yuchedis Leperos, Ainim Yuchedis Lishvarim. So now we're going to raise the uh, degree of complication, and we're going to say, what does it mean you have a right to be there? Do you have a right for your ox to be there? Or do you have a right for your fruit to be there? Because my ox ate your fruit. So until now we've been assuming we both have a right to do either thing there. Okay, but now the Gemara is going to distinguish. So let's imagine that in the first case we both had a right for oxen and we had a right for fruit. So what do you think that would make it? Would that make it like a... That should make it like a, right, Rishud Harabim because everybody has a right to do everything there and that could be a case that you should be exempt. You should be potter. Okay, because you, you have a right, right? So yeah, basically what I... So let's contrast it to... Ahid Rav Yosef, the case where Rav Yosef said you be chayos, b'chotzim yuchedes leperos, v'enim yuchedes leshmarim. That makes a lot of sense. I have a right to leave my fruit here. You don't have a right to have your ox here. So in that case, it's really like a sedeacher, right? Because your ox had no right to be here. Yeah, you with me here? Okay, so your ox had no right to be here. So, so not for, for payroads only, but not to bring our animals. In. Exactly. So the gabeshein havi chater hanizak. So meshein tosekti vitz chater hanizak. Dikanami diktani hacha dumya de pundak. Diktani hazam dumya de bika. The one that said chayev, the brighter spoke about it like an inn. You don't bring your oxen in an inn. You have a right to have your property in your inn to bring your bags, but you don't have a right to bring your oxen into the inn and there it says like a valley a valley you have your right for your oxen and for your fruit shmamina okay so basically what we've done is we've said that when you have it's not exactly clear if the Bryce, if the Gemara now is resolving a middle case because when it says you have Rishus for Shvarim and Peirot 
it says that's going to be like a Rishut Harabim and you're going to be exempt okay if it's going to say if you have you have Rishut Ein Rishut Ein Lo Rishut Rishvarim so obviously it's a steach here your ox isn't supposed to be here right if you don't have Rishut for Shvarim that's an easy case it's a steach here when you have Rishut for both is that saying that's like a Rishus Harabim because you have Rishus for both? Or is it basically saying, no, fundamentally, Chatzar HaShutzim, you're exempt. The only case you're high of is if your ox didn't have a right to be there. So, you know, where is the Gemara basically drawing the line? I would argue the Gemara is basically drawing the line here. It has to be Sedei Acher, and the only time it's Sedei is if you don't have a right for bringing your ox. So when did it say that if you have, if it's a Chatzar HaShutzim, you're going to be Chayav? It didn't really mean it really meant fine you can have your fruit there but you're not allowed to have your ox there fundamentally it has to be staff here and you're only going to be chayev if you have no right for your ox if you have a right for your ox you're going to be putter okay now the case that the Gemara did not deal with which is a machlokas rashi tosos is what if you have a right for your ox and you don't have a right for your fruit okay so that's a machlokas rashi tosos alright we'll get to that but anyway but the Gemara seems to be doing and it even quoted the pasuk of steacher was it seems to be saying conceptually anything that's not steacher you're going to be pater you're only chai when your ox did not have a right to be there when it's ena miyuchedet v'shvarim yes am I thinking about this for me it sounds like if you have a, a chacha to suit up and they're like bylaws right like there's an agreement like we can keep these things here right that's, yeah that's, that's, that's basically what it is and that by the way explains why bika is put in the pater category because even if I don't have rights to a bika like I don't have an ownership over it but I, my ox is allowed to be there the basic rule is wherever my ox is allowed to be I'm exempt the only time I'm chayv is in spaces that my, I'm not allowed to bring my ox into okay and it really is conceptually a stay achir definition alright so now the Gemara says like this Mazkiv la Rebzeira Rebzeira asked on this one minute Kivan dimuchedet le peirot habi ina nubiyah bisei achir veleka he didn't buy this if I'm allowed to keep my fruit there it's not a fully a stay achir maybe my ox can't be there but it's also my domain I have a right to keep my fruit there no, no, no. Since you don't have a right for your ox, from your ox's perspective, it's a steach here. It's very nice you can keep your fruit there. But your ox had no right to be there. From your ox's perspective, it was a domain he could not go into. Ah, now we've reconciled the brightas. We said they don't disagree. Okay? Basically, if you have a right for your ox, you're potter. If you don't have a right for an ox, you're chayef. And we reconciled it. So, if that's true, maybe the Amorayim weren't disagreeing. They were just talking about different scenarios. One was a scenario that you had a right for your ox, and one was a scenario you didn't have a right for your ox. Amorayim, in. Yeah, why not? Let's say everybody agrees. Shalom Yisrael. The Imkim Shalom were pligi, or if they do disagree, the Kushi Derebi Zeir Peruka thereby pligi. What they disagree with is interesting. The Gemara says they don't disagree with when you have rights for both. 
when you have a right for both when you have a right for your ox everybody agrees your potter if your ox had a right to be there everybody agrees your potter the only debate they're having is this case when your ox doesn't have a right and your fruit does have a right to be there one position says it's stay a hair because your ox shouldn't be there and the other says you can't call it stay a hair as long as I have some right as long as I have a right to have my fruit here even though I don't have a right for my ox you can't call it stay a hair so they're debating which is shocking you would think it would be obvious if my ox doesn't have a right it's stay a hair no maybe they're debating that and one saying as long as you have some right it's not stay a hair so what the Gemara is completely doing and this is important conceptually is it is saying it doesn't have to be like Rishas Harabin the, the, the conceptually it's not that Rishas Harabin you're exempt that's not what the Pasuk says the Pasuk says stay a hair you're chayev your own chayev if you can define it as stay a hair so anytime my ox has a right to be there it is not stay a hair the only thing that would be stay a hair is my ox has no right to be there and even there it could be that if I have a right to keep my fruit there it's not enough of a stay a hair but once my ox has a right it's no longer stay a hair and I'm going to be potter alright so everybody see that point it's not that you need to be with Sarabin to be potter you need to be Sedeacher to be Chayev and only if your ox has no right can we begin to say it's not Sedeacher we're drawing a distinction between a shared orchard as it were and a shared pasture okay and we're talking about a situation where an ox damages other ox uh, no 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 it's Shane Varegel he's eating the fruit he's eating the fruit right none of this is Kevin it's all Shane and Rego. Karen you're always it's all right. Shane and Rego. right okay so that's right so it's the day of your emphasis like I can bring my fruit into your house and by the way I brought my pit bull here also that's what, that's what, that's what um, because you mean, I can bring my fruit in there it's not no I, I think if I give you permission to bring your fruit that would still be st- even though even the opinion that says when I have a ownership that allows me to bring my fruit it's not stacher if it's your thing and you give me permission to bring my fruit I think it's still a stacher yeah so what happens if you share an orchard right and I stipulate oh by the way my ox grazed there also you don't need well anything we stipulate to we stipulate to I mean that's what's right, in between us right 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 but if we share an orchard I mean that's the funny thing we share an orchard and it's very clear we're keeping our animals no, the question is the opposite we share an orchard but it's very clear we're keeping our animals out of here we have a fence around this orchard those animals are a, ha- are a hazard they're going to rip up the crops and nevertheless your animal walks in and eats and you say hey, well at the end of the day it was my orchard too it's not stay out here okay that's weird so but the question is that's the only case where that maybe are debating but the bottom line is anytime my ox has a right there's no question you're exempt so it really shows that we're defining stay here and we're trying to really define it you know and that is a narrow definition at the end of the day it makes sense that if my ox doesn't have a right even though it's partly my orchard I, my ox shouldn't be there I'm going to be chayev okay let's get back now and unpack the brighter gufa arba klolos Chayev Rabbi Shimon Alezer Omer Ben Ezekin. Kol Shuishus Lenizak Velo Lemazik Chayev Bekol. So if it is a, it goes into your domain, I'm Chayev for everything. Bakol. Okay, you know, even if it's a case of uh, what a, you know, uh, that's Shor Chaber Shusi Maboy. Like you know, I've, I'm always Chayev when it goes into you, uh, uh, when it goes into. Oh, no, I'm sorry, that's not Shor Chaber Shusi. That's going into Steacher. It goes into your domain. I'm Chayev in everything. Alakol Oktani. It doesn't say for all damages. El Chayv Bakol, you're Chayv fully. Bechulei Nezek. 
So that sounds like when my ox goes into your domain, it's on damages, I pay full damages, even in the case of Karen. Okay, now we saw this possibility before, that if it goes into a space that has no right to be, then even Karen pays full. Mani, now that's a debate of tonight. Who is that? Rabbi Tarfin, it's Rabbi Tarfin. Amar, Mishuna Karen Bechatar Nizak, when something is unusual, Mishuna, which is a type of a Karen, we'll get to that idea later, how Mishuna, when it does something weird, it's considered Karen. Anyway, Bechatar Nizak, when it is in the damages domain, Nezik Shalim Mishalim, you pay full, no longer you pay half. If it's actually in a, in a space it's not allowed to be, or it's in the Nizak's domain, full payment. Ama Seifa. Okay, maybe that is what the bright is going like. Let's look at the end of the bright though. If it has, if it is neither person's domain, now you. Well, I would assume that meant it's a third party's domain, right? What does it mean? Lolozel velolozet. Some third parties. My lolozel velolozet. Even lolozel velolozet. Klal eled achir. It's some third party's domain. So my ox goes into Ruvain's domain and eats Shimon's fruit. Notice how the Gemara is completely focused on and defining it very narrowly. I would think that if my ox goes into Ruvain's domain and it has no right to go into Ruvain's yard, even if it winds up eating Shimon's fruit, my ox shouldn't have been there and I pay. But the Gemara is saying no. Because it says presumably the Gemara says that that means is that it's only liable if it goes into Shimon's domain and eats Shimon's fruit. Right? Because I don't get exactly why the Gemara assumes that. Once you said that Seacher means a domain that my ox is not allowed to go into, okay, but it is basically saying that it has to basically, that it's only of if it consumes something that is the other person's Sadeh. It goes into a field that is somebody else's and it consumes that person's field or it consumes property in that person's field. And this is somebody else's property it consumes. So again, it's strange, but the Gemara assumes that based on what we just said, I would think, hey, if my ax doesn't have a right there, it's stay out there. No. It has to be you're consuming the, dom- the, the food or the property of the domain that you are in. Yes. So what if Shimon, what if Ruben gave Shimon permission to put Shimon's fruit in Ruben? Right. So then that might be, it might become, it sort of might be like a type of a Shimon's domain in that case. That might be. Right. Right. I mean, if, if, if Ruben lets Shimon keep his fruit there, then it might be a type of Shimon's domain as well. And it might be a stay here. But if Shimon doesn't have right, the Gemara isn't spelling that out. The funny thing is the Gemara just takes it for granted. I have no right to be there, but it's not stay here because it was somebody else's property that was being consumed. Right? So that's funny that the Gemara just takes that for granted. Alright? So, and it rejects what is a completely reasonable read of the Brighta. So let's see what the Gemara does say. Ela pshita lo ela dechad. It means it's not both of theirs domains, it's only one of their domains. Okay? <laughs> Very funny. It's not Ruvain's and it's not both, it's not Ruvain and Shimon's domain, it's only Ruvain's domain. Sort of like the joke, which is, I'm holding two coins in my hands and they total 35 cents and one of them isn't a quarter. What are they? And the answer is a quarter and a dime. The other one is the quarter. So <laughs> it's not this one, it's low as ever low as that, it's not this or this, it's only one of theirs. Okay, anyway. And Mikhtani Seifa, alright, so anyway, it reads that last line that Yechai of Nezek Shalem when it's basically, it's reading it again as a case of Rishud 
Hanizak. Okay? Which is what we said earlier was Rashut Hanizak. Viktani Sefer, Tam Shalim Nezak Shachati Nezak, Ruin Mishal Nezak Shalim. Also in the Rabbanan, the Amri Mishunakan Bechatan is a Chati Nezak to the Mishalim. So now that's saying, right, basically, what did the Brighter say? The Brighter said, if it is, if it's the Rashut Mazik, okay, it said your Potter. Rashut Nezak, it said your Chayev. And the Gemara read Bakol. Chayav Bakol means that even Karen pays full. Okay? In the Rishut Hanizak. Okay? Rishut Shneem. Okay? That's where it said, you're putter on Shane Varego. Okay? Because that's what we've been saying. Right? Rishut Shneem basically is putter. And then it said, Lo Lezeh. Zelo Lezeh. Which we assumed meant a third party, but for some reason the Gemara rejected it. Okay? That says Karen is half and Shane Varego is full. Okay? So logically that just means it's a third party. So it's Zeacher and you pay half for Karen like normal. But the Gemara rejects it. I'm sorry, a third party does not constitute Zeacher. So Lolazev, Lolazev means it's not both of theirs, but it's only one of theirs. And it backs to meaning Nizak. So now that we've got this back to meaning Nizak, and that's where you pay full for Shane Varego, it says, why are you only paying half for Karen? Here we said Chayv Bakol, and you paid full for Karen. Okay? So what, or you could actually say, why are we repeating it? It's not four, it's three, right? I mean, you know, we, we take something that means the fourth thing, and we, could, and we say that it means something we yeah, said I'm earlier. Really, I'm sorry for this. But in the Rashid and Nizak, Karen pays... Um, even if it's yeah, well, according to Rabbi Tarfin, that's what we said Bakol meant. Okay? It's a debate of Tanayim. But now, we're, if we're going to read this as Nizak again and say half, that's the Rabbanan that argue on Rebbe Tarfin. So which is it? Does Nezek pay full or does Nezek pay, or, or does Karen pay full or does Karen pay half? Okay? So the Gemara says, Ella, Pita, Lolozev, Lolozev, Ella, Dechad. It's not this and this, it's one of theirs. Meaning it's Nizak. With Tani Sevet, Tamashan, Nezek, Chati Nezek, Lord Mishan, Nezek, Shalem. Atun Rabbanan. That's going like the rabbis. I mean, Mishun, Ekem, Chati Nezek, Chati Nezek, Udu Mishalem. That Karen only pays half damages in Chatzar and Nizak. Meisha, Rebbe Tarfin, is safer, Rabbanan. Rabbanan? Can the beginning be Rebbe Tarfin and the end be Rabbanan? Eh, yes. Damalei Shmuel Rebbe Yudah. Rebbe Shmuel said to Rebbe Yudah, Shinina, a sharp one. Shmok plus Nisin. Forget about the Mishnah that, you, you know, you're finding it difficult to read the Mishnah going according to different opinions. So Damalei Shmuel just follow me. Listen to me. Reisha Rebbe Tarfin to say for Rabbanan. Okay, so it's a completely bizarre. We have something which clearly means a third party's domain. We reinterpret it to mean a Nizak's domain. And then the Brita has different rulings about the Nizak's domain. So we say, this is Rebbe Tarfin and this is Rabbanan. Okay. Ravina Mishmei Rav Amar Kula Rebbe Tarfin. It's all Rebbe Tarfin. Umay Lola Zev Lola Zev. What does it mean Lola Zev Lola Zev? Now here's where we get to the case we didn't deal with before. Lola Zev Lola Zev Leperos El Adachat. It's a case where both oxen have a right to be there, but only one of us has a right to have the fruit there. Okay, so basically, here's the story. We both have a right to be there, but um, only you have a right to have your fruit there. Okay, so my ox goes in. We both I have a right to have our oxen there, but only you have a right to have your fruit there. I don't have a right to have my fruit here. So the way Rashi is, Rashi, this is Rashi's gear, said the Gemara. This is the case we didn't dealt with. Right? We dealt with a case where nobody has a right to bring their ox, 
right? Or they both have a right to bring their ox and their fruit. Let's say they both have a right to bring their ox, but only one of them has to bring their fruit. According to Rashi, that's enough to make it considered steacher and Rishut Hanizak. Now that's a little bit bizarre, right? Because if I have a right to have my ox there, why is it considered steacher? Okay, I can't put my fruit there. You can put your fruit, but I have a right to have my ox. Why is it steacher? Okay? So Rashi says that this steacher either I don't have a right to have my ox there or I don't have a right to have my fruit there either one makes it to some degree not fully my my domain if there's an element of acher involved Rashi says that that would make it not fully but Atosis disagrees he says how could you have a right to have your ox in it be considered today acher okay so if you look at Tosvos Tosvos says like this so it gets very complicated but anyway Rabbeinu Tam goes back to reading it like we read before that you don't have your right to bring your ox in there alright so anyway we have now one minute left and I have to try to wrap this point up so it's I've gotten to the most complicated thing let's just finish this okay so let's do it up. let's do this one more time it's Rebbe Tarfin so when it's really Rishut HaNizak Yerchayev Bakol here why are you going to be paying only half Karen and full Shane Varegel because it's not totally Rishut Hanizak I'll read it Rafi's way my lolozev 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 leperos eladachat lozev lozev leshvarim because you're both allowed to bring your ox in there it's, you're going to pay half for Karen you can't tell me my ox had no right to be here my ox did have a right to be here so I'm only going to play the classic half for Karen but because only one of us had a right to have our fruit there it is enough of a stay acher that I'm going to pay for Shane Varego okay the guy be Shane have they chutzar and nizak the guy be Karen people sort of get it no, yes, sort of. So enough. You and I are both can have our ox in there. Since I, I can have my fruit, you can't have right. your fruit. Right. So if my ox eats your fruit, I'm fucked. If, if my ox eats mine, you have to pay me. Right, back. right. Okay, so because my, my, my ox is allowed to be there, I only pay half for Karen. Right. Because you're allowed to have fruit and I'm not, it's enough of a stay acher that I'm going to pay right. full if it eats your fruit. Right. Okay, but the irony being, I'm allowed to have my ox there right. and it's still considered stay acher for Shane Varegio. And Tosos has a different read. Let's just turn the page and finish this up. Iachi arba It's not really four categories. It's really three conceptual categories applied to four different cases. I'm Rav Nachman by Yitzchak. Fine. Shlosha Klolos Barba Fine. Three conceptual categories applied to four different scenarios. But at the end of the day, right, it becomes very interesting because Rashi says exactly opposite, I think, what we've expected. That if I can have a case where I have my ox can have a right to be there and it's still considered steacher. Okay, Tosus rejects that. Tosus, to be a steacher, it has to be that my, I did not have a right to have my ox there at all. All right? All right. We will finally pick up with a new mission tomorrow.